Well, 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 welcome on in for yet another episode of Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. I'm your host, Jake Adnip, with me from Indianapolis, Mr. Sean Dwyer. How you doing? We have quite a fun show for you today. Uh, something we don't touch on too much on this podcast, but we do like to spread the love across all levels and types of sports. And the NHL season starts later this week, and there's a lot of hype around the season, a lot of people excited to, for hockey to get back on the ice. And I know, you know, just for the Detroit Red Wings, you know, the team that we grew up with, Sean, it's, start, it's looking to be a bit of a more exciting year than it was last year. So we're going to get into some talk. On really? This. I mean, it's, it's, they missed the playoffs the last couple of years. I, they hope to be in contention. I hope we're, we're going to get to that later on, just a bit later on. The Red Wings will actually be towards the end of our show today. But we want to give you our normal preseason breakdown of some players to watch, what teams to watch. We're going to make our Stanley Cup picks, along with a couple other little controversies that have gone on, gone on in the NHL. But, Sean, I mean, what about hockey does it? Oh, man. Hockey is it's fast-paced. There's action in terms of hitting. It takes skill to put the puck away in the net. It's just a very well, very, very well skilled game. Yeah, I mean, the, the speed of the game in general, like you said, the excitingness factor, I feel like it gets lost sometimes because there are a lot of games. But when you watch an NHL game, from start to finish, it's usually pretty good. But, you know, I'm excited for the season to come back around because I had a chance to kind of dig my feet in and talk to some of the guys at the Detroit Red Wings. And it kind of got me hyped up uh, up in Traverse City where I live at. They have the Red Wings prospect camp and the Red Wings training camp. And uh, lucky enough to get to go to both of those things. And we'll talk about that a bit later. But definitely very interesting stuff coming out of there, especially with all the questions that have surrounded the Red Wings this year. But, Sean, without further ado, we will get into our preseason show. Uh, We want to talk about a few of our top players, guys to watch. May not be the biggest surprises, uh, but we want to make sure that you keep an eye on them because they're either young or very, very talented. So, Sean... Who's your first player to watch for this season? My first player to watch for this season is Patrick Laine, the forward for the Winnipeg Jets. Kind of had a coming out party last year, um, but I think that there is a lot that he can build on coming towards his sophomore season in the NHL, kind of his full second full season in the NHL. I think that he can only get better from here. You know, look at his stats from last year. He had very good numbers and he, I don't see how he can't build on them being, I think he's only 19 years old in the NHL right now or 20. And I think that he can really make a difference. Yeah. I actually have a young guy as my first player to watch too. I know he was the number one overall pick in the 2016 draft to Toronto, but Austin Matthews, I mean, he came out, played all like six, two games last year at 34 goals, 29 points or 29 assists for a total of 63 points. So more than a point per game, in his first full season in the NHL. And that type of production is just scary. I mean, he's only 21 years old. He's a big guy at 6'3", 220. And Toronto looks good this season. And he's the youngest of their their good guys. Um, We'll we'll get into uh, another player that moved over there in just a second. But, Sean, who's your second player to watch this season? My second player to watch this year is Tyler Sagan for the Dallas Stars. Uh, Coming into a contract year, and I think a lot of people feel that Tyler Sagan is a lot older than he is. He's only 26, 
He's been in the year league for eight seasons now, and he's only 26. And if he has another good year like he had last year, 40 goals, 38 assists, uh, 78 points overall, I think that he could be looking for a one of those big, big contracts that hockey has been known to throw out from time to time. Yeah, I, I got another guy who's kind of young still, like you said, almost like Sagan. Uh, he's only 23, but he's been in the league for, you know, four full seasons or five full seasons. Um, and that's Nathan McKinnon out in Colorado. The thing was, is last year, he almost had the full complement of games, played 74, but he had 97 points, 39 goals, 58 assists, which is basically double his numbers from the previous four years. Uh, in 2016, 2017, he only had 16 goals, 37 assists, bumped that all the way up from 53 total points to 97 total points. So I think this is one of those guys who really is on the rise and had his coming out party last year. But now I think everybody needs to sit there and watch if he really can be that much of an offensive mastermind going forward because the history doesn't quite say it, but I think it's a trending upwards type of situation. We were talking about Toronto a second ago, and that'll lead us into our next segment, which is the top players over the offseason that have moved teams. And there's a couple big ones. I'll just mention the first one from Toronto. Um, Jonathan Tavares moved from the New York Islanders and went up to Toronto, making them even more of a Stanley Cup contender. I mean, what do you think of that move, Sean? Well, you know, getting to that, I'm going to throw out, you know, our friend Ryan, who was my cousin, who is our hockey expert for the show, was not able to join us today. But I did grab some of his quotes from uh, talking to him today. And he did compare the Matthew Tavares combination to possibly a Crosby Malkin like production level. And or, I think a, or a Taves and Kane type of thing. Yeah, you know, he, he's really high on them. Um, I don't think personally that it makes Toronto a, a shoe in to go far into the Stanley Cup finals to make a run for a cup, but I think it does make them more competitive than they were even last year. Another guy who made a move after being with one team for a very, very long time, Eric Carlson moves from the Ottawa Senators out to the San Jose Sharks. Another veteran presence out there trying to help out old Joe Thornton, you think? I mean, yeah. it's I, I'll admit, I did see Eric Carlson moving teams this offseason, but I did not expect it to be the San Jose I was expecting a, uh, a bigger market team like a Toronto, like a Tampa Bay, even they've become a bigger market the past couple of years to make a run for him. And uh, it just never happened. So he's going to San Jose, getting matched up there on a defensive pairing, possibly with Burns. That would be a scary defensive combination. Well, yeah. And like I was talking about with that veteran leadership coming over, both of these guys, Tavares and Carlson, were, I believe their respective teams' captains in the last season. So, you know, they bring over a lot of, a lot of hype to each one of these teams, especially when you look at, you know, the way that San Jose does have a few older players who they're trying to work it out with. I think it's good to add even more presence like that. Our next question for you, Sean, and I'll make sure to chime in on this a little bit as well, but I'm pretty sure we've both had the same answer. You know, who do you think is the face of the NHL today? Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, or the field? Uh, as of today, I would probably go Sidney Crosby just because of name recognition and younger kids that have grown up with Sidney Crosby being that guy. And as we get, I think Connor McDavid's time is coming, and it might as well, it might be as soon as next year. 
if he puts up another year like he did last year. And he had a crazy end of the year last year. But I think that Sidney Crosby, at least to begin this season, just off, you know, like I said, kids growing up grew up with Sidney Crosby being that guy that was the face of the NHL. And they're all our age now. And, and that's what they think. And Connor McDavid, he's a different generation player. And I think his time is coming. But right now I'd say Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, Connor McDavid has been very, very highly touted, almost like Sidney Crosby was his entire career, just from the first time he started. You know, he took over out in Edmonton really quickly. They they slapped that that C on his jersey. They made sure that they knew that Connor McDavid was the one. So I think, like you said, once this generation, the older generation of hockey players starts to kind of phase out, Connor McDavid is going to step right into that role. And just to give you a quick uh, quote from our man, Ryan, the hockey guy, he says McDavid is the present and the future of hockey and is overthrown Sidney Crosby for the title. Okay. Well, thanks for the chime in on that one, Ryan. Sorry we couldn't have you on. I hope you listen. But we have one more prediction to make, or really only one prediction to make uh, for this season. We're not going to go division by division, but for each one of the conferences, we're going to choose our Eastern and Western Conference champions along with our Stanley Cup champs and give you a little reason why. So, Sean, do you want to go ahead and get started off? Who's, the, who's coming out of the East for you? Uh, for me, coming out of the East is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, you just look at the history. They won two cups in a row and made it back to the playoffs strongly last year and lost to the eventual champs. And I think if you're going to go out, you might as well lose to the eventual champs. So I think Pittsburgh comes back this year. They didn't really make a lot of moves to make themselves better, but, you know, they're Pittsburgh, and that's kind of what it is now. They're the Detroit of the 90s, of the late 90s, to me at least, and – I think they'll be just fine and make it back to the finals from the East. From the West, I got a team that was my favorite last year in the finals playoffs run, and that was the Winnipeg Jets. As I mentioned, I think Patrick Laine is a force. So when you put him with Wheeler and you add him with, uh, I think it's Eller. Yeah, Ellers. I think that they could be a great team. And you got Hellebeck, Hellebuck out back there at goalie. And he's the thing that's really kind of turned their team around is having good goaltending. And you got a local guy from Jacob Truba. Even though he went to the University of Michigan, he's a good defender. <laughs> I think that the Winnipeg Jets this year, they're my pick to win the Cup. I think the, uh, the Stanley Cup goes back to Canada this year. So Winnipeg over Pittsburgh for Sean over there. Now, my, tip, my pick coming out of the East might seem like – the easy pick it does to me, but you know, they have a lot of weapons and I'm going to take the Tampa Bay lightning. You know, Steven Stamkos is still a monster on the ice, you know, from that center position, but he winds up next to Nikita Kucherov. Those, I think that's the best one, two punch. Uh, that's killer. That's, yeah. That, that, that's one of the best one, two punches in the NHL. I think it might be a, ahead of those couple that we talk about. I mean, the Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby one is really, really, ingrained it's hard to get past and they both are 35 plus goal goal scorers a year but uh you know Stamkos and Kucherov I expect them to have probably the highest scoring you know plus minus line in the NHL this season and I feel like they'll they'll be led all the way out there they have their goalie Andre Vasilevsky or Velisky I I can't say it but um he he did well last season as well so I know the Russian in the goal and having a couple other guys, I, I will take them to win the East and out of the West, you know, just because of what they did last year and really gave everybody a run for their money. 
I'm going to take the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, they still got Marc-Andre Fleury in that, which was one of those key pieces in Pittsburgh winning so many cups and being in so many Stanley Cups. And I think it's been a good job of them, you know, kind of retaining some of the talent. They didn't know if they would or not, but there's definitely a lot of intrigue out there and out of the West. I, I see only a couple teams competing, you know, is like San Jose and stuff like that. But I think uh, the Vegas, Las Vegas Knights are going to be the ones to come out of the West, but Tampa Bay should take them out in the final in the Stanley cup. I mean, I, I think that Tampa Bay probably will have the highest, the highest scoring offense in the league and their power play is also ridiculous. So I'll take Tampa Bay as my Stanley cup champion for this season. We're going to move on to a little bit of Red Wings talk after that because there is some extra information that we'd like to talk about. But, Sean, I mean, you want to go ahead and tell the people what we're talking about? Yeah, my first question, you know, you're working up there at Traverse City where the Wings host their training camp for the young prospects. So I have one question for you that's kind of been on my mind through the whole offseason for the Wings since the draft happened is, do you think Zadina makes the team out of camp? Now, I'm not a professional scout. You know, I may be a uh, – What's the buzz you're hearing? You know, it's no, I know, but I, I'll, this one, let me, I'll get there. I may not be a professional scout, and I can't tell you that I've watched thousands and thousands and thousands of live, hours of live hockey, but seeing Zadina on the ice in both the prospect camp and the training camp, and now a little bit into the preseason, uh, especially with so many holes being opened on that – team with Henry Zetterberg leading I see Zadina on the opening day roster I really do he's had multiple goals he had he had goals in the prospect camp against other top prospects he had goals in training camp against the Red Wings he's had goals and assists in already in the preseason he's putting up numbers he's putting up production and he doesn't look scared on the ice he knows what he's doing he's got a very 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 skilled set of hands especially for a winger you know he kind of keeps the puck in his hand a lot a little longer than a lot of wingers do but his one-time wrist shots and just those little snapshots, he's so accurate around the, the net. And I would say that he might not be 100% NHL ready, but in the position that the Red Wings are on now, they will see it as the best option to bring him up and get him right into that NHL mode. I mean, with him being their top or their highest overall pick since 1991, they took him you know, sixth overall in this year's draft. It's still, you know, limited ice time and what they've been able to see out of him in person without, you know, just being able to go and watch film. But I know the buzz that I've heard is that they are impressed with Zadina. They do think that he has what it takes and they know it won't be long. And when I talked to Philip Zadina, he told me he doesn't want to wait at all. He said he thinks he doesn't have to wait for anything. He thinks he's ready. He thinks that, you know, it's time for him to make his mark in the NHL and he wants to be a scorer. He wants to be an offensive threat in the game, which is really exciting for the Red Wings organization after losing people like Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, and a lot of people who brought that flame and fire for, you know, over a decade. But to wrap up and question, I do see him on the opening day roster after preseason. I think he's done a fantastic job statistically and my own eye test that I've seen him practice and play that, with three or four spots that have been getting fought for on the Red Wings, I think he's going to slide in one of those ring, one of those winger roles. Yeah, and just to give you, you know, you've got the whole aspect of being there and being around people on the team. Just to give you my point of view, it's like just the fan who doesn't really know anything or see any of these prospect camps happening. 
I think Zadina needs to be on the team from a pure standpoint of management accepting the position that the Red Wings are in. Um, we're not where we used to be. We're in a position of a rebuild. And part of the rebuild is you put young guys out there and they take their lumps. And I think that's what you got to do with Zadina. If you guys want him to produce as a sixth overall, fifth overall, whatever he was, pick, if you want that to happen, you have to let him mature and grow as a player. And he's already proved that he's done all that he can in juniors. Um, sticking him in the minors, I think, would be a waste of his time and a waste of the money that you're going to be paying him. And I think that he needs to be in the NHL along with Rasmussen and when Felino was ready. All of them, guys, you need to accept the fact that we need to become a young team and just kind of let contracts fall off as they may and let the young guys play the game and let's build from there. Well, I mean, yeah, you did bring up a few more names that I got to mention and I got to speak to all um, Michael Rasmussen uh, and another defenseman that, you know, I real, a defenseman that I really think is going to make the team, maybe not on opening day, but I know he'll be on the Red Wings early on in the season is Dennis Chalowski. I mean, Ooh, he's I a scorer. Yeah, he's a scoring threat from the def- defender position, but you know he plays smart hockey. He plays smart two-way hockey, according to uh, assistant GM Ryan Martin, and they like what they see out of him. Uh, all three of those guys, Valeno might have been kind of the outlier on if if they're going to make it in or not. But the buzz around camp was a lot about Zadina, a lot about Rasmussen, a lot about Chalowski, and it seemed like they were really fighting and working their way into the lineup. But as you said with Zadina, I do think it would be a bit of a waste of time. And, you know, I, the one thing I can say about the Red Wings organization, and after even speaking with Jeff Blaschel and assistant GM Ryan Martin, they know that they're in a rebuild and they know that it's going to take a little bit of time, but the Red Wings organization is not one to just sit back and wait. So the, I think they do make that decision to kind of toss these guys in the fire. You know, we were talking about, Austin Matthews just, uh, you know, a few minutes ago on players to watch. And, you know, in his first couple of years in the league now, he's already producing outrageous numbers. So I think you need to give Zadina a chance because I think his skill set and the way that they could fit him in, he could definitely be a 30 or 40 goal scorer. Not saying this season, but he can be that in the future. Now, we do have one more thing to go over with the Red Wings. Who is going to be their captain? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, Henrik Henry, yeah. Henry Zetterberg falls out. There's obviously no hope for that. But if you just think about the last three captains that we have had, it's been quite a prestigious road. And it's been quite a long road as a Red Wing for each one of those guys. You know, Steve Eisman, Nick Lidstrom, Henrik Zetterberg, you know, been a long road. So do you see this going to, you know, somebody who is a veteran and may, may not have a few years, more than a few years left on their contract? Or do you see it going to somebody young who is going to kind of try to fill the role of a Steve Eisman, Henrik Zetterberg type of long-term captain? I think that the, the way that the Red Wings go with this choice will tell you exactly what you need to know about how management sees the team. And it'll give, I think, in a, a different sense, it'll also give you an eyesight into how many prospects are going to make the team. Because if they pick a guy like Cronwall, or even to a sense, Advocator, almost on the fringe, they're telling you that they're only in it for this year. They're not looking towards the future. And that's why I think that the captain should be Dylan Larkin. I think that, you know, you got to 
He's older than Iserman was when Iserman was given the C. I think that you make the change and you go with the young talent and you put faith in them that you believe in what the young talent means to this organization. And I think that Larkin is the guy who is the future of the Red Wings in terms of leadership. Well, there's a few different options that actually came up in conversation during camp. And one of the options when we spoke, when I spoke to Justin Advocator was there might even be a way to have three assistant or uh, associate Alternate. Three A's, yeah, three alternate captains on the ice instead of just one regular captain. And that wouldn't be the first time that that has happened in the NHL. And, you know, if you keep Abdulkader, you keep Cronwall. Imagine if you did maybe push Dylan Larkin up into that third alternate captain role, kind of get his wheels under him instead of just dropping it all on his plate. I'm not saying that he couldn't handle it. From what they say, you know, uh, Dylan Larkin's a very involved guy. He's already turned a lot of heads, not just through the, you know, media or anything like that, but through any other NHL players throughout the league, both in the community and on the ice. And I think the, the Red Wings really are looking for a community ambassador, not just a hockey player. And somebody like Dylan Larkin will definitely work out well. But I, you know, it's a, just a fast transition with Henrik just announcing that he's not going to be playing any longer. And, you know, this transition into the beginning of the season is very, very quick. It's only a month and a half. And, you know, unless they already had plans for Advocator or, Nicholas Cronwall, you know, I can see them going young and especially if they are going to let some of these younger guys on the team, I think it'll be better to have somebody like Dylan Larkin to kind of bridge the gap between the young guys and the old guys and kind of bring everybody together to make it what they want it to be again. Cause I know their goal is to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, then, so we're just going to flatline it here for everybody. You go first and then I'll finish. And then I will add in our thoughts from our hockey guy, Ryan. Um, where do the Red Wings go this year? What do you see them – what's their ceiling for this year? Uh, their ceiling is making the playoffs, but at most as a six or seven seed. That's the highest I could see them going. Uh, I don't see them contending for, you know, first place in the division. It's still going to be – it's going to be rough. I really think it's going to be a tough season. I mean, they're still working out a little bit of kinks. They got Jonathan, or Jimmy Howard and Jonathan Bernier uh, kind of be split in time over the course of the season. I know Blashill said she didn't want Jimmy having to play over 60 games again, you know, so they have, you know, two quality goaltenders, which I think will help and really kind of push the Red Wings up maybe four or five extra wins than what they would have been at with just one of them, along with the fact that they do have these young guys and it's kind of unknown how far or how much they can do for the team. So if they are able to add people, I see their ceiling at, you know, a six or seven seed, but, my, I would not, you know, I would not be surprised at all if they missed the playoffs once again. I know it's what it's expected, and I, I know they know a lot of people expect them to miss the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised about it. So I would say their floor, their floor is not going to be in the bottom three or four teams in the league, but they're they're going to be either somewhere dead in the middle or just at the end of that playoff to get into the playoff run. I, you know, and I don't see them winning very much in the playoffs either. But you never really know when it comes to playoff hockey. Well, I think that they will be contending this year. And by contending, I mean contending for the first overall pick. Uh, I don't really see this Wings team doing much of anything competitive-wise. It's just been – I think that if they do what we want them to do and go with this youth movement, there's going to be a learning curve for those guys. And I think that that could show up in, terms, in, in the loss column. It's going to be the wins. It's going to show up in the win column, but in years down the road and – 
I think that's what the rings have to do to be competitive this year. And so just to finish out, um, our guy Ryan, he came to me and he said in terms of the wings prospects this year, in terms of their season, he said that the offense might, you know, might handle their own business, but the defense has a better chance of stopping a triple A peewee team than stopping an NHL hockey team. And that's definitely not what you want. I, I know, like I said, the biggest difference for me is how, how many one-goal games the Red Wings lost a year ago. And they haven't lost, you know, a crazy amount of that talent, but I think it's just more about having that, you know, that one extra tick on their game. And if, you know, losing or missing the playoffs two years in a row has gotten under their skin enough, they, I feel like they'll be able to make a push to be somewhere in the conversation at some point in the season that they're going to be in the playoffs. I agree. That that's what if, they, if everything works out perfectly for the Red Wings this year, I see them as an eight seed in the playoffs. All righty. Well, that is going to do it for our NHL preseason show. I know we did not give any MVP picks, but that's always really hard to do in hockey. Um, it's really hard to kind of see who's going to come out and have a breakout year because it's always different. It's always different. So. You know, without further ado, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Jake Atnip, at Dwyer, SE3, and at Just Say in Sport. We will be back for some more episodes later in the week, and we look forward to a great hockey season. So without further ado, my name is Jake Atnip. I'm Sean Dwyer. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again. <laughs>